Is a stag party so different from a stagette? My name's Jonathan, and this is The Snakes Cast, the podcast for people who don't know as much about board games as they'd like to know. This week, we're going to be talking about games to play when women gather to celebrate the imminent marriage of a friend. We'll put our guru voodoo to the test, and listener discretion is advised, things might get a little raunchy in here. Welcome back to the Snakes Cast, everyone. Joining me this week are my co-hosts, Coco Lee. Hello. And Amanda McKnight. Hey. So, just the other day at the cafe at the over at the store, the retail section up front, I had a customer come up to me, a couple of them, and ask me what sort of games would be appropriate for a stagette. And I had never heard that term before, but I knew right away exactly what she meant. Um, have you ever been to one of these sort of event things, deals? I haven't. I have not had the honor uh, I've been to both three, and I've thrown one. All right. Myself. Did they call them a stagette? Uh, we call them bachelorette parties, okay. but I assume that there is just more than one term. All right. Yeah. So, uh, was it fun? Were they fun? Did you have a good time? Uh, yeah, they were. They were pretty fun. The one that I hosted for my best friend was the most stressful, I would say. But, uh, but yeah, it was very fun. For one, we went, uh, the one that I threw, we went and we got facials um, at a spa, and then we went and, which my boyfriend at the time thought that was hilarious that we did that, because then I had to say we went and got facials. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then we went shopping, and then we uh, went and did a pole dancing class, actually, which was really fun. Neat. So, yeah. And then we went to a jazz bar and. That is where the hotel was, which is the Rex, if you guys have yeah. been there. Yeah, yeah, the Rex, which is awesome. That sounds ideal. Yeah, it was I fun. was imagining all kinds of awful things. That sounds really nice. Yeah, it was pretty It was pretty nice. It was just stressful because, like, I had a schedule. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah, I can't imagine trying to bring someone somewhere and not knowing a bunch of board games and then having to the stress of trying to figure out what do we play. I have to play the right thing so the bride has fun. You mm. probably want to plan that in advance, I think. Yes. And that, that's sort of part of what yes. we're going to talk about this week. Um, there weren't, were there any games at any of the, uh, the three, uh, that you've been to so far? Uh, one was like all games. Okay. It was all weird bride games. Weird bride games. Ta- I take it these are yeah. not the kind of games that you'll find on the shelves at a board game cafe. No, there were ones that people had made up and some of them were really dirty and some of them were really cute. So we're like talking truth or dare type stuff? Like weird things where you have to like pass have you ever played that that game where you have to pass the balloons from your mm. one person to another without like using your hands and stuff like that? It was weird. It was kind of like weird, so sexy like, stuff. So like weird university icebreaker games, but with like a pseudo sexual bent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Basically, with more physical contact than you might want, depending on the group of people. Depending you're on with. the group of people. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, one of them was like a clothespin game where you had to, if you said any words that were like related to her getting married then you gotta take if someone said that someone gotta take your clothespins and what you wanted is you wanted by the end of the night to have the most clothespins and then you got prizes and stuff and I think what we're tapping weird. into is like a whole subgenre of like weird women's festivity games like you'll see similar stuff at like bri- uh, t- bridal, bridal showers, showers well, and baby yeah. showers like the clothespin thing and the balloon thing yeah um, so thankfully this bride that you were speaking to or this bridesmaid, uh, was trying to find some good fun games to play at a stag at party. Yeah. That one was really weird. And then I went to one that was just at a, just at a strip club. That one was pretty fun. And that one was also pretty crazy. Hmm. It was really crazy. All right. So do you think games would have been welcome for the most part at these events or do you have to sort of set a specific kind of tone and sort of, pre- and sort of prep people? 
I think it kind of depends on the organization uh, level that you have for the party. If you have something that's more organized, then I would say board games would be kind of fantastic because they're a specific amount of time that they use. You can kind of schedule the time to play them. Um, and it also depends on how wild you want things to get. If you want them to get wild, I don't know if I'd recommend board games, but if you have someone that's more tame, um, like my best friend that got married, she's a pretty chill person, so board games would have been perfect at her one that I threw. I imagine uh, things are really wild. Your board game might not be in great shape by the time you're finished. Oh, yeah. So are there any relevant stereotypes that we want to be aware of here, as in things that... We, we, we might want to try and avoid or things we might want to sort of say, well, that, that one's actually kind of based on truth that, we're, that, are, that, are, that might actually be useful in terms of planning something like this. I think that you want, uh, you might want an, an open-ended sort of content game because a lot of these bachelorette stag at parties can have like groups of bridesmaids or other women related to the bride, like moms and aunts and stuff where you might not necessarily want to go right into like Cards Against Humanity levels of <laughs> offensiveness you want something that's a little bit flexible in terms of how raunchy you can get, if that makes sense. So by open-ended content, you mean mm. something where players get to make up their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if you're playing, if you're playing uh, like a one of the like guess the word or say something funny games, mm. then you want something that is open-ended. So if right. people are making things up, they can go as dirty or as not so dirty as befits the situation. Right. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. As well as um, when I was thinking of some board games that you could recommend for a, a bachelorette party. I was realizing that maybe, because one of my favorite games is Cockroach Poker, (laughs) and I love that game. I just think it's really fun. It's really popular Um, at the cafe. And then I thought to myself, maybe though you want to stay away from stuff where you're lying to people. I don't know if that's like, does that then imply that like someone's cheating on like their person they're about to like become married to? And there's, I think there's some sensitive stuff that, that you might not think of when you're recommending games for people that you kind of just need to like ask them before like is there any topics that you don't want to touch like that you don't want to talk about or touch at all and considering the popularity of strip clubs as a venue for this sort of thing <laughs> uh on the one hand sure maybe, maybe lying and cheating and so on is it's like well it's our last chance maybe that is something that you want to do but yeah, asking but maybe first some sounds wouldn't. like a really good plan yeah yeah Let's talk a little bit more about how to gauge interest and uh, how to gauge the appropriateness of different kinds of, uh, of events for something like this. If you ask your fellow attendees, if you're planning ahead of time, you're the organizer, and you ask questions like, well, how about games? Would that be fun? A lot of people might say, oh, no, I'm not interested in that. That's fine. Uh, a lot of people might say yes, but they could just be going along to get along. What are some warning signs that maybe games might not be such a good idea, and how do you know when you should just forge ahead anyway because they'll have a great time despite themselves, despite their reluctance? I think that's a really hard subject to talk about as somebody that plays a lot of board games Mm -hmm. because usually what happens is when I'm hanging out with my friends, I'll say, oh, we should play some board games or we're going to get together. I should bring some board games and I get all excited and I bring all these board games and then I get there and people are like, oh, you brought the board games. Oh, we're going to just have some drinks and watch some movies. And basically, they were they were just sort of trying to go along with it. Usually, that's when people only make one comment. And if you start to breach the subject of, like, what games, they don't really seem to have any opinion. That might be a sign that they might not be interested. Sure. Lack of engagement. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, and if, if they're the type of people that when you're going to go out with them, they want to do something where they don't have to focus very much, maybe not board games. Okay. Um, 
What are some other signs you might want to be aware of? It's challenging because in the same regard, somebody who is just like, yeah, that sounds interesting no matter what we do, they may mean that. Mm. Whoever you're planning it with may be so overwhelmed with all of the other things that they're supposed to be planning with the wedding that they may just be happy to have a chance to engage with their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is so much pressure to have the perfect wedding from start to finish with your party and your shower and your after party and la 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 that they may either be too stressed to make the decision and be just happy that something happened, or they may be so stressed that no matter what you do, you can't please everybody. Mm. So I think that it depends so much on the group size. And and if you're speaking to one of the other bridesmaids who happens to be your really close friend, who's like, yeah, I'd love board games. Let's do it. I love that. You may be missing out on the other, you know, six people. So I think it's, you have to kind of take a gamble with it. Sure. Also, mm-hmm. I think what you're saying to the size of the group is very yeah. important. Like, if you have a smaller group, if you have a smaller group that's really close friends, then board games probably will be a blast. Even if you have that one person that's like, I don't really play board games because mm-hmm. you can find the game to get them engaged and get them into that. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it's a really big group, board games might not work for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and if it's a smaller group and they all really know each other well, then I think actually board games is, even if someone doesn't want to play, is a win. Maybe maybe the answer would be if you have a small group who you know enjoys board games already because you already know them as people, then you would be safe to plan the Stagat board game party. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know this group of people and it's very large, you might consider planning an event that doesn't necessitate the board games and then having them on hand because it's they can always be a fun sort of surprise addition to a party, but it might be challenging to have that be the focus of your party. Yeah. So what happened with uh, with these customers I met at the store I mentioned before was they had Cards Against Humanity, they asked sort of what else do you have? And the counterpoint that I presented for them was Say Anything, which is uh, more of an open-ended sort of game like what you were mentioning before, Coco. Um, it's a game where, a bit like Cards Against Humanity, where you put in answers and you pick your favorite, but players get to write their own answers on these little dry erase boards. And that's cool on the one hand because you can set your own level of offensiveness to whatever the group's comfort level is, which is nice. Uh, it's, in a sense, it's also difficult because it means you have to make things up on the spot, and that right there goes outside of some people's comfort zone, having to actually be creative, having to come up with something right here, right now. That, that pressure can, for some people, kind of ruin the fun. And the release of Cards Against Humanity is not having to be on the spot for that, not having to have the burden of having to be funny in front of your friends. You can just put in something offensive that somebody else wrote, mm-hmm. and there it is. It's not even your fault. You didn't come up with it. It's fine. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no responsibility. And um, and then they, they wound up going with Cards Against because they figured that with their particular group of friends, the barrier of having to make things up would be more of a concern than the barrier of not being able to set the content to their own degree of comfort. Um, that's one thing. That's a couple of things to be aware of. What are some other things that you might want to sort of consider when you're picking out which games are going to work and not work? Is there any, any other advice you can give? If you're drinking, um, and I think that's something that we also notice in the difference between sort of the cafe and the bar, Mm. um, is gearing the games towards uh, what you're also planning on doing while you are playing the board games. So with drinks, I usually suggest games that don't require a lot of strategy or too much thought behind them, just because the more drinks you have, the less hard will be to think good. So, <laughs> do you think that uh, drinks are make it easier to play the open content sort of games, and uh, because people's inhibitions are lower? Yeah, right? I do. I do think it. I do think it does that, um, and especially when it's games about like really commenting on your friends or getting to know your friends. Mm. I find the more you sort of have drinks, the the more you're just kind of like 
free to not feel limited. So like a game like Things or something like that might not be a game. You might be a little afraid of playing that with your friends when you're completely sober. But after a couple drinks, you might be like, no, no, no. I, I know Jen so well. Yeah. I'm I'm going to, I'll write it. I, I know what she's going to pick. Um, uh, same with Say Anything um, or a game like Quelf or something like that where you have to do really ridiculous stuff. Mm-hmm. Um but before you're, or while you're easing into maybe a few drinks, Cards Against Humanity is always a, a good one to sort of like loosen people up and sort of get them feeling like a little bit raunchy if they want to. Um, or something like Snake Well is something we love playing at the bar after work. I have a hard time getting people who are, who are uncomfortable with, uh, with sort of creating things to play Snake Oil. That said, though, the drinks could definitely help with Snake oh, Oil. Oh, yeah. Um, but it, it seems a little bit unwise to rely on alcohol when not everybody wants to drink at their bachelorette party Mm. yeah that's true that's true um and i think for the people that aren't going to be doing that it it comes down to making sure that you have a game that has the content that people are comfortable with um as well as maybe not putting too much on those people Mm -hmm. so what i was thinking of is you could do a game like analyze me and mod it so that you sort of maybe create your own questions. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about Analyze Me. So Analyze Me is a game where everybody takes turns playing the therapist. And uh, what you do as the therapist is there are five different categories, I think, in the game, or four. Um, play life, work life, uh, etc. And what you do is you take one of the cards from one of those categories. You read the question. There's a question and three multiple choice answers, so A, B, and C. Everybody has cards A, B, and C, so you each have three cards. As the therapist, you read the question, everybody else submits their answer, what they would do, A, B, or C, and then as the therapist, what you do is you get all those cards, mix them all up, flip them over, and then you have to try to give the right answers back to the right people. And depending on how many people you are playing with will depend on if you have to get everybody right or if you have to only get I think it's three answers correct if you get it right then you get to keep the card as a point and once you have a card from each different category you win the game everybody takes turns being the therapist that reminds me a bit of a question of scruples but uh, in some ways a little bit more constrained I guess yeah it's being able to make up your own questions to suit this particular group and the occasion Mm-hmm, Sounds mm-hmm. like it would be actually be, could be a pretty good fit. Mm-hmm. Um, any other more unconventional recommendations you can think of for something like this? Something that might be a little bit offbeat? There are some... Uh, the game's not necessarily offbeat, but if you have a large group of people and you don't know their expertise level, you could play a game that sort of falls in the classics realm and then modify it depending on the group. So if you had Jenga, for example, and then every time somebody pulled out a Jenga block, uh, they had to answer a question about the bride-to-be or something like that. Sure. Yeah. That's kind of cute. Um, I was also thinking, uh, depending on how many people you have playing, if you have a smaller group, I was I was thinking Dimensions would be a good game just because you get to talk about balls a lot. <laughs> and, that's, and my favorite thing about that game and teaching it is just how many times I can try to say balls while I'm teaching the game. So I think that one would be really fun. Or even just games that people might not necessarily associate with weddings. Uh, if you have someone that really enjoys board games, why not just pull out games that are really fun? Like, why not play Resistance if you have a large group of people, or Cash and Guns, or you know, if some if you guys really like playing ruthless games, and there's four of you, play a game of Indigo or something. So it doesn't have to be related. So it sounds like if you have a cool group of friends, you're gonna have a cool wedding and a cool stag at party. Yeah, basically. Pretty easy. <laughs> wraps it up for this week's Guru Voodoo. If you have a Guru Voodoo situation that requires your help and an unusual group of people with unusual tastes, 
let us know. Uh, you can tweet it to us on Twitter at SnakesCast, or you can contact us on our Facebook page, Snakes and Lattes Facebook page, or use the contact form at snakesandlattes.com. Coco, thanks for being here. Thank you. Amanda, pleasure as always. Till next time. The SnakesCast is produced by P.T. Douglas, musically provided by Ben Sand. The opinions expressed on the show are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect those of Snakes and Lattes. Till next time, game on.